All right. Thank you again for joining us on the Ranger for Life podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Mahoney, here with Jeff Wright, 175 veteran. Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, Tell us about yourself. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, I'm excited to speak with you. And I think what you guys are doing is is really fantastic. I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, I served in 175 uh, 2008 and 2009, um, before that in the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, I was an officer out of ROTC from the University of Texas at Austin. The interesting thing is, is that if you had known me in college in ROTC, I was that gung-ho, hardcore Army guy who all I ever wanted was to serve in a Ranger Battalion in the regiment. Um, so if you had known me, you may have thought that I was going to be a lifetime <laughs> career officer, especially once I um, eventually served in the regiment. Um, I was branch field artillery, but I don't know a lot about artillery or, or cannons because I was never in an artillery unit. Um, outside of training, I served as an infantry platoon leader um, in the 82nd Airborne Division and then as a company FSO in uh, 175. But like I mentioned, um, my whole dream and, and goal was to serve in regiment, in a battalion, and, and you know, once I was able to do that, um, I decided I want to move on to other things in business. So when I left active duty, okay. I uh, pursued an MBA um, from the University of Maryland College Park, studied finance, um, and have worked in private wealth management since then for the last six years. So that's where I am right now. On. Okay. So, so it sounds like you know, that, that rolls right into the second question of what's your plan and how's that changed. So it sounds like to me your, your goal from the beginning was to just serve, serve, a, serve an amount of time in, in Ranger Regiment. It wasn't to, to, to get there and, and stay there until you retired. You just wanted to check uh, check that box of getting to the most elite unit, being a part of it, and then moving on to, to further aspirations, correct? That's right. And, and I was so laser-focused on, on just that, being part of that elite unit in that brotherhood, um, that, that I didn't really think about or have plans even beyond it. It was just all about that. I mean, I have that, that type of um, personality that I want to be, you know, with the best, doing doing the best things with part of the best so when i got there is when i really started thinking about okay what's next and you know i i really didn't as an officer i really didn't want to go back to uh the conventional army i wanted to to kind of try my way in business and and uh, you know have a little bit more creativity there and that sort of thing and the ironic thing is is i left the academia and joined the national guard which is kind of uh a swing the other way but that was you know, kind of a part-time oh, thing while I got yeah, my MBA. And absolutely. And and oh, okay. So so you were part of the guard while you while you got your MBA. Did you did you have obviously you had a college degree going into the military? Oh man, Ranger, smart. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> joining the guard, you know, it was a, a lot of us scoff at it. And heck, I I definitely uh, did not see myself joining the guard. Nor nor did I just to make that clear. Um, But there's a lot to be said about uh, continuing service after leaving active duty. Um, Depending on what you do, you know, what you want to do, the, you know, there's the guard SF groups around the country that still do a heck of a lot of things. Um, So for somebody wanting to transition, it's it's not a, not a bad decision. I guess it's just probably something you want to, you want to weigh heavily 
depending on what your what your outcome, you know, what you what you want to get out of it. But um, you being in you being in wealth management, you said that that's kind of what you've been in since you've gotten out. Yeah. So while I was while I was in business school, I worked. Um, I, so I did a nighttime business program while I was serving the guard, and I worked um, in the defense consulting industry. So I worked in the Pentagon doing kind of def- defense budgeting and things like that. Um, and that was that was because it was a job in 2009 when there weren't many jobs, you know, outside of the D.C. area, um, and and really just a placeholder. I'd always been interested in investing. Decided going to to business school to pursue that and, and test out to see if I was actually good at it um, would kind of be the way to go. And then once I realized I was decent at it as well, um, that's what kind of led me down that path since then. Right. Um, now explain. You know, talk about was it challenging kind of leaving the military? You know, you you came in, you served the 82nd, you served with regiment, like making that transition, even though you went in the guard, like coming, getting away from that kind of community, what did, what effect did that have on you? Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty difficult for me to leave that brotherhood. Um, like I said, my whole goal in life up to that point was to serve in regiment. So once I was, you know, had the blessing to be able to do that and I decided to move on um, I, it was really difficult for me not to be a part of that, not to have that swagger, not to wear the bray all the time. You know, though, that was really difficult for me. Um, I almost felt to some extent like, you know, I left active duty, I left the regiment, so I didn't really belong anymore. So that was really a struggle for me along the way. And, and, and I met in the National Guard, which is, uh, it really is a fantastic opportunity. Um, and, and for me, it, it what it really allowed me to do is kind of maintain kind of this almost flirty conversation with like 19 special forces group and, and other yeah. units around the country um, that, you know, that I always kind of wanted to be back in the, in, in the game, in the crew. And it was, you know, it, it was just difficult for me to leave that brotherhood and, and really leave that unit behind. And, and, and so that, that was, was a tough part for me. Gotcha. What do you think your biggest challenge has been since coming off active duty? Well, certainly that. I mean, it was it was almost distracting at times when you know I made a life decision to pursue a career in business and in finance and investing, um, and yet I, I had this preoccupation for a time of um, you know wanting to kind of keep a foot in the door in in the special operations world and the special operations community. Um, and what I really missed through that is is the community is out there. I mean, it's it's what you guys are doing, it's what others are doing. That brotherhood is out there. You don't have to be on active duty with the skull on your left shoulder to be a part of it. And I almost didn't realize that at first. It's taken me a while to come around to, to you know, come to the reality that we're all out here and we can all work together. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, but I mean, in, in our defense, you know, the, the uh, togetherness, you know, for for people leaving the regiment hasn't hasn't always been a, a positive experience from what I've I've heard. You know, we we tend to eat our own sometimes, and that that can have an effect on people just make you know that making the decision to to get out of the military. I, I think I've I've heard it from guys as far back as you know Panama and Grenada timeframes. It 
just not being not being treated the the best for leaving, and that kind of followed with them the rest of their life. And um, sure, you know, some sometimes that that can play, you know, play like hell on people. Um, so certainly, uh, certainly. I, you know, I I never really faced any. Um, you know, any animosity from any of our act duty brethren or, or, or anything like that. It was almost more of that just internal struggle that I dealt with, you know, almost a sure. personal guilt of, of, you know, leaving that world behind when I still wanted to be part of it. Absolutely. I think we all want, I think we all, you know, I think they're in the, the immediate moment. It's like, get me the hell away from here. But then almost immediately it's like, Oh, I miss it so much. Yeah, um, definitely. Which which can be can be a struggle. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like kind of keeping that connection with the camaraderie and the, and that like minded individual is what we tend to miss the most about being especially, especially in Ranger Regiment. Um, just a just a sense of being around some of the most professional and just the best of the best that you. It uh, it kind of sets a standard for your for things that when you when you disconnect from that and now you're in a different environment you're around different people it tends to tends to wear on you when it when so I think it I think it comes down to just like unmet expectations where you're like man and that's that's when you start like looking backwards of like oh what a, what I I miss this so much that's right I mean that the shared common experience of of the suck to get to where, you know, we all got to, um, which is obviously a, a huge point of pride and, you know, a, a great thing that we all did. And, and, you know, to remove yourself from that and then you don't have that common, ex- that common experience anymore. Um, it can be lonely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you were, if we were able to get into a super mystical time machine and go back to your 18 year old version of yourself, do you have any advice for them outside of, of the, the, the plan that you, you set forth for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think I would say two things. The first is value relationships. Um, and I don't mean just your family. You know, that's kind of a given. But along the way, really value those relationships. The relationships that I had in the military, both in the 82nd and in, in Ranger Battalion, those type of relationships can still exist go, going forward, kind of like I said I've learned. Um, and, you know, us being the type of um, alpha male, hard-driving, task-oriented people, um, I think it's easy to, to kind of forget about that, that you're doing this um, as a cohesive group of like-minded people, and you can maintain those relationships as you go forward. Similarly, in business, especially entrepreneurship, when you're, you know, kind of creating and building, um, it, it's all very dependent upon relationships and, and people that you can help and people that you can work with and people that you can get to know, um, again, as opposed to kind of a single task-oriented kind of mindset. Um, then the other thing that, that I would say is don't, don't be afraid to take a risk and sometimes take a step backwards in order to make progress in your life or your career or, or whatever along the way. And that's another lesson I've learned post-military is, you know, people coming out of the military have that great leadership reputation. And we often talk a lot about how it's difficult to 
translate that onto a civilian resume and things like that. But sometimes you have to take a step back in order to prove yourself. And more often than not, especially with our pedigree, we overcome that um, rather quickly as well. So with the end in mind, don't be afraid to to take a step back or or make a sacrifice in order to get to where you want to be over time. Those are the two things I would say. That's it's awesome. I mean, it's and and it's just really about expectation management. I think um, you listen to the one with Stephen Brown. You know, he he started at a very entry level position with BAE, and it was like that's that's where you prove yourself. You come in at a at a a, a, a spot that's reasonable for you, and you prove and you set the standard. And that's where I think there's a little bit of a disconnect that some guys expect that six figures or things are, are, should be coming their way and they don't have the qualifications or their credentials to back to support that. So just really, really mitigating those expectations that way that, and, and, and being able to do it from the beginning to say, if, you know, here's, here's day one for you. If you plan on getting into this industry, uh, be pre- and, and don't go to, don't go to school be prepared to to not get into that industry or get into that industry at a very low uh, low pay. And you have from today until then, until four years from now or whatever, to prepare the best possible way you can. Like military is the greatest job in the world in, in the fact that it you know the day you're getting out, the day you come in. So you have this immediate reverse planning to, that's able to happen to where – we just need to start focusing on that from the beginning. Like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to get out after four years? Great. This is a volunteer military. Go ahead. But if you expect to get into the financial industry, you're going to need these, this, this training. You're going to need this education. If you plan on wanting to go work for a three-letter agency, you're going to need this. And it'd be good for you to put money away. Um, so Absolutely. It's, it's just being, being able to, to give information in a in, – in a time frame when it can be, you know, adequately put to use. I feel like a lot of the information that soldiers get through Soldier for Life, and, I mean, I got to even think when I separated from active duty, I, I got out of the military in 2007. So the whole ACAP process or whatever it was called back then is completely different than it is now. But we're still, I still feel like we're still giving them information, you know, in a kind of, well, you should have saved money. You could have gone to school while you were in the military, when, why, why don't we shift this information to the front of their career and give them the tools to, uh, to be successful from the beginning? So that way, through that expectation management, maybe some of them will realize, man, I don't know, the outside doesn't look so good anymore. looks like it's pretty good in here. And they end up yeah. taking, you know, staying in for longer. And, yep. and the military gets more out of them. They get to, you know, if, especially if they've created good spending or savings habits, they get to save more. They get to in, enrich their themselves with more education. So, um, yeah, I mean, getting getting out in front, being able to talk to these younger guys is is something very important to me. Um, that, I, th- I think I think that is very well said. I mean, at the end of the day, um, especially in our community, we're we're generally talking about NCOs or senior NCOs or officers that ha- that are the best in the business, right? top of their game in the military and then they have to step out into the civilian world and start over you almost essentially have to start at the bottom of the totem pole you're you're no longer the big dog on campus and to your point 
that expectation management is huge. And I think that that's what we as as veterans out in the in the business world and the community can really make an impact in being that resource, being visible, so we can be the ones to educate them because it's not going to be the you know the out processing process that that teaches them what they need to know, just like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right. So you know. So what do you? What are some of the things like look, looking at your military career? What can, What are some of the things you can equate to? your success, and I know success is a very variable term, but what do, you, what do you think from going in the military has helped you be successful in your current personal and professional life? I would say tenacity above all else. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was an artillery officer who went into ranger school and recycled twice. So I made it through phase one, or I recycled first phase, made it into phase two, recycled it, and then finally went all the way through. So there were some tough moments of looking myself in the mirror saying, I have a million excuses why I can check out now and plan to come back to school later. Um, but I bared down and just went through it. I know that's a common experience for a lot of people, but that type of tenacity that you learn in that situation, you certainly face you know, in, in regiment, in combat, um, and in other scenarios throughout your life and career. And so I think that's what's brought me here is just being tenacious to make tough choices um, in, in tough situations and just drive on. Absolutely. No, that's, that's very well said. I think our tenacity um, is a blessing and a curse. Um, I've recently started learning about what emotional intelligence is, and I think that's a term and a subject that we, we could all learn as far as tweaking um, Most tweaking ourselves, <laughs> tweaking ourselves to the to the environment that we find ourselves in, um, and uh, so no, that's that's uh, that's a great. I'm glad to hear that because uh, I feel the same way. I feel the t- the tenacity, and and it's funny, you know. I've always said, or I used to say, being a ranger made me who I am. But I was I was um, somebody changed that, and they said, no, you. You are you're a ranger because of who you were. Like that, w- what was inside of you before Ranger Battalion just smoked it out of you. So, um, you know, it, it, right. it kind of creates this this uh, this person inside of us. Um, so, well, you know, tell me, are you are you as far as like volunteer work or anything like that? What are you? What do you have your hands in? Do you? What do you, How do you spend your your days and times? So I'm I'm very active in my in my community locally here outside of Atlanta, um, things like my church, um, some special needs organizations. Um, I'm a member of the, the Army Ranger Association, things like that. So I'm pretty active in my, in my community. Admittedly, I, I haven't been as involved in the veteran community over the past few years as I'd like to be, um, but that's some, something that I certainly want to do more of, um, just given kind of all the lessons that I've learned along the way. Yeah, no, I mean, trust me, I think our biggest valuable, most valuable asset is time. And as you get older, if you, as you get married, you have kids, that, that, that uh, asset becomes even more valuable. So finding things that uh, not only provide you purpose, but also provide satisfaction is, is very important. Um, you know, kind of killing multiple birds with one stone 
uh, tends to work for me. You know, I, I, I'm active in my church. I like, I, we serve once a month and things like that. So that kind of kills the, uh, kills the bird there with like wanting to get involved with church and, and actively going and stuff like that. And then to, to keep my networking going locally here, I'm a part of a men's fitness group called F3 that, uh, you know, that's, you're, you're connecting your workouts and networking together at 5.30 yep. in the morning, which, which then, you know, morning PT is something that I've come to fall back in love with. It just starts my day right. And yep. um, so, you know, it's, fine. it's just finding that thing that, that really, you know, excites you and, and really you want to be a part of. Because if, it's, if it, 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 you force yourself to do it, there's just not the enjoyment and you'd hate to have to, you know, get be upset or or kind of dread going to something. That's not the point of it. Um, yeah, definitely. So. And, and the common thread there is the purpose of selfless service. In that, you know, there's there's something greater than us. And as Rangers, we all inherently know and understand that. And so to, to kind of hold on to that and, and pursue it in other areas is is really important, valuable, and fulfilling yeah. as well. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, and that's, that's where, too, you can kind of go back and, and we've, we established those roots in, in battalion. Well, at least we did when I was there, I think, more because we spent more time in the field and stuff as, as platoons and companies. But I, I remember my, my leadership, you know, serving us food for chow as privates. And, like, when you became leadership, you did the same thing. You know, it's kind yep. of like turning around and, and assisting, putting – putting your subordinates first and, um, and serving others, whatever capacity that is. Uh, you know, I used to think that it used to be just veteran-specific, but do, doing stuff with church, doing stuff with civilians, animals, I mean, everything. There's, there's, we can find purpose in a lot of things. It's really just taking the, taking the time and, and trying to find the one that fits your, your personal, your professional schedule and, and, meets, and meets your needs. So, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a daily, daily kind of thing. Always, you have have to be an active participant in it and, um, you know, you just got to keep trying. If it doesn't feel like a fit, you just disconnect and and keep trying. That's right. Yep. Well said. So right on. Well, um, you know, that was, uh, that's all the questions I had for you. Um, anything else that you, you'd want to say, you know, any, anything else you want to get out there? Um, I, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about connecting and you know, I don't, uh, I don't put out people's personal information on these podcasts, but if, if somebody were willing to get in, you know, wanted to get in talk to you, in contact with you to talk about, you know, your experiences at 175 or what you do now, um, are you, you good to, to kind of share information with those people? Absolutely. Yeah. Rangers I'd, specifically? I'd love to, yep. I'd love to help out however I can, whether it's, you know, just being near to listen to someone's experiences or thoughts or, or share mine or, or, you know, professionally, any, anyhow that I could, you know, be involved in helping someone out, I'd, I'd love to, you know, be available if someone reaches out to you. Right on. Well, uh, yeah, we'll keep that in mind. And, uh, again, thank you, Jeff, for, for coming on and just having a conversation with us today. Uh, everybody listening, uh, if you want to be on, you can email us at podcast at darbyproject.org to set up a time. Um, uh, yeah, again, Jeff, thank you for, for being on and look forward to uh, connecting you with some guys and, and possibly linking up in the future. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes. All right. Bye.